this uh, uh, confession, I call it, declaration. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned. And I have to... Can you take it off so they won't read it? <laughs> I'm sorry. Can we start again? Cut it off. Take it out so we can say it. I know you know it by now. If I see you just... I know, <laughs> I know what's going on. Okay, let's go. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ears and I was not rebellious. No, did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you. Give yourself a hand. You did a good job. That's wonderful. It's kind of frightening when you take it off. Preacher is wondering if I can even remember it. <laughs> uh, tonight, uh, I have a message uh, for us. I titled this, God's Miracle Plan for You. God's Miracle Plan for You. Um, miracles were almost a daily thing in the life, in the life of Jesus and his disciples. In those three years of ministry, in fact, it seemed like it was expected. Every single day they saw a miracle. It wasn't any big deal. They had to see something. I mean, it happened every day. When Jesus sets out to do ministry, there was going to be a miracle. It's just what nature or what kind of miracle, they didn't know. Some of the miracles amazed the disciples as they saw the miracles taking place. And then uh, others, they used to sing, uh, they've seen that before. But I'm sure that uh, the miracle of uh, raising Lazarus from the dead, that was different for them. Walking on water, that was very different for them. Uh, but some of the others, they had done, they also went out and did miracles. And I'm sure some miracles, ah, we've seen that before, we can do that. But then there were others that amazed them. It was a part of their life. And that's the way it was in the early church, was miracles were uh, a part of their daily living. Tonight I want to talk about the fact that we have been called by God into a kingdom where miracles are supposed to take place in our lives almost daily. And I'm sure they're taking place because God's protecting you and caring for you, taking care of you. You're not even aware of it, but he's doing it. Some of it we are aware, some of it we are not. But then there are ones that God would do, like one, the one I saw on Sunday, that for me, that's something you have never seen, something like that. It amazes you. But we, according to Isaiah chapter 8, verse 18, guess what the Bible says? Here am I, and the children whom the Lord has given to me, we are for signs and wonders, in Israel from the Lord of hosts. So he's coming from God. Israel, in our time, represents the world. You are made by God. Jesus speaking, I and the children. That's you. Jesus himself and all of us together with Jesus, according to God, we are a sign. We are four signs and wonders from God. So your life is a sign. Jesus' life was a sign. 
when he was born, God, that's in uh, Isaiah chapter 7, God said to the king, I, I, I want to give you a sign. The king said, well, well, God said, ask for a sign. The king said, no, I don't want a sign. God says, I'm going to give you anyway. I'm going to give you a sign. A virgin will, come, will conceive. So God, Jesus came as a sign. And together with him, we are a sign from God to the world. That's who you are according to the scriptures. We are for signs and wonders from God. So God has, in my mind, threefold miracle plan for your life. I discovered something this week. You know, you hear something and then you finally realize, uh, I know what I believe from scriptures. There are a lot that the scriptures talk about, but there are certain things that we must live out. I know what I believe, and I want to go and share what God has shared with me because he's helped my life, and I believe he will help others as they listen and they believe as you hear the word of God. God's miracle plan. This just threefolds in my mind. First, it has to do with your spirit. It has to do with your soul, and it has to do with your body. There is salvation for your spirit. There is also salvation for your soul, and there is salvation for your body. Jesus paid the price for all of it. There is salvation from sin. Then there is also salvation from sickness and disease and there's also salvation from want these things are there in the scriptures and i embrace them i will teach them without apology that's what the scripture says and you can see this pattern all the way from the old testament you have to look through scriptures don't just read but read and understand what's going on here when God delivered the children of Israel from Egypt, notice what, what happened. They were in bondage to Pharaoh. Pharaoh is a type of Satan. And Egypt was a type of the world. And they were being delivered, and they are going to the promised land, heaven. But before they get through the promised land, they will have to go through a wilderness experience. That's what we're going through now before we get up there. And in that wilderness experience, you are going to be tested. You're going to have some snakes biting you in the wilderness. And you have to believe God for your healing. All of this part of it. But notice, if, you, we, got to, if we don't understand the real thing, maybe we need to go back and look at the shadow. Because in Egypt, they were in bondage to Satan, to Satan Pharaoh, Satan, and God says Moses is a type of Jesus to bring them deliverance. You know about the blood. How the blood was shed and everything and how they left Egypt. But when God delivered them from Egypt or delivered them from sin, if you will have it, and from the power of Satan, from sin, and wants them now to live a new kind of life, whereas they did everything Pharaoh wanted, now they have to live for God and do the things God wanted, they were going to be tested. But after they've been delivered from sin, God told them, before you go, go back 
to those you are living with and borrow from them their gold and their silver. Remember that? Borrow from them. I, I, when I read the scripture, borrow, you borrow to pay back. These guys were not going to pay back. They take it and they're going to the wilderness and they're not coming back. And they, they, and they said, these people will be willing to give to you. Guess where they are getting their wealth from? From the enemy. It's from the enemy, right? They are getting from the enemy. This is all scriptural. So God delivered them and blessed them with uh, wealth so that they wouldn't be in want, right? And then the Bible tells us, and you can go back to uh, Numbers, uh, I mean, uh, sorry, Exodus 15, chapter 15. You can read this Exodus, Exodus 23 also, 20, 25, 26. You don't need to put that up. But God said, I am the Lord that heals you. And he says, he brought them out of Egypt. And there was not a weak person among the, all of their tribes. There were about three million people. What am I saying tonight is that there is deliverance from sin. And there is deliverance from want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And there is deliverance from sickness and disease. By his stripes, we were healed. And we have to accept those things. Because everything else, that, the, the uh, uh, deliverance from sickness, that's salvation. Just like with sin, when God delivers your, soul, your spirit from sin, the deliverance of uh, sickness from your life, that's the sin, if you will have it, of the body. So God delivers you from the sin of the body, the sin of your spirit, and the sin of the soul. God takes care of that. Well-being. Look at what the scripture says. In, uh, in um, 3 John, just one chapter, chapter, two, uh, chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Beloved, and listen, John is speaking, but when he uses the word pray, he's saying the Holy Spirit is praying through me. And you can read that in Romans chapter 8, verse 25, 26, beginning from verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, for we don't know what to pray for as we ought. This is what John is saying. Beloved, just children of God, beloved, I pray, in other words, the Holy Spirit is praying, that you may prosper. That you may prosper in how many things? So prosperity is not just money. Hello? Prosperity is not just money. It involves every other thing. It involves every aspect of your life. It says in all things, all things, well-being, dealing with your soul. That's your soul. Feeling good about life. Feeling good about yourself. Relationship. All things. You prosper in all things. Not just money, but all things. He says, this is what the Holy Spirit is praying for. If the Holy Spirit is praying for that, that must be what God wants for me. And for you. Nothing different. All things. That you may prosper in all things. And then look at the next word. And be in health. Not getting healed, be in health. 
Getting healed, that's one thing. Being in health is another thing. Getting healed involves giving money away sometimes. Hello? The doctors will take it and my wife will too. We'll make a living out of people getting sick, you know. I wonder what's going to happen if Jesus comes into town and heals everybody. The doctors will say he's practicing without a license. And now we don't have patience. We have to sue him. Our children are hurting. Nobody's sick in town. Government kicked this guy out of town. He's practicing, but he has no license. And everybody's going to him. Be in health. And we have to believe this because it's what God has said to us in his word. That's God's desire. He wants you to be in health. You can reject it, but that's to your own peril. It's what God wants for you. This is the will of God concerning you. And God can make it happen. Because with God, nothing shall be impossible. But more than that, Jesus paid the price for it. And notice the Bible says, In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a matter, whatever it is, be established. When you hear it once or two times, three times, it's established. Make up your mind, this is law. I was reading something this week. He says, where before Adam sinned, every word from his mouth was a law, was the law. Before Adam sinned, every word he spoke was the law. If he said, that animal, your name is lion, that's it. Everything he said, that was it. Until sin came in. So, prosper in all things. And be in health just as your soul prospers. That's spiritually. When you are growing spiritually the way it should be, as you grow spiritually, as you get stronger in the faith, as you grow stronger in the things of God, and God begins to work things in your life, things will begin to change. It has to. I have no choice. Things will begin to change. So there is this threefold things here. That God is saying. That's one scripture. But look at Psalm 103. Beginning from verse 1. And you, we know these scriptures. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Right? Now, what is he trying to tell us here? Bless the Lord, O my soul, verse 2. And forget not all his benefits. When you bless the Lord, God is saying, don't forget. But guess what we do? What God says we shouldn't forget, that's the one we truly forget. We don't remember it. God says, you have benefits. If you serve God and you are blessing God, God has benefits for you. If you work in a corporation, a good corporation, they have benefits for you, right? And if it's good benefits and they give you a real good one, you got a good boss, right? God is a good boss. And he gives you good benefits. And God's saying, don't forget your benefits. So what are these benefits then? He says, the first one, he forgives all your iniquities. God does. God forgives all of them. 
That's the benefit for the one who is blessing God. We make mistakes all the time. We do things that are wrong from time to time. Sometimes we are not even aware we are hurting somebody, but we are. We don't even ask for forgiveness, but we've hurt somebody by the way we are behaving. But God forgives all our iniquities. Iniquities, that's something that is deep. Amen? Sinning, that's different. Iniquity is inside our soul. And God takes that away from you. He forgives all our iniquities. That's one. That has to do with the sin. That's the first plan of God. For you to be totally free from iniquity and there is no oppression in your life based on iniquity. Whether it's coming from the generation past, that's no longer part of your life. God takes that away from you. He forgives all of them, not one, all of your iniquities. But he didn't stop there. Another benefit, he heals all of your diseases. He heals all of them, not some, all of them. We tend to forget and we grit them. And well, this one is more, oh, that's it, that's cancer. And I think it's only in our minds. I don't think Jesus will look at it and say, wow, that woman is coming with a big tumor. What am I going to do now? Yes, just like the headache, that's tumor. That's, but in our mind, we're human. And Satan is quick to speak to our mind. Oh, that's a big one. Big one for who? You or God? But that's the way we tend to think. And so God is said, be, be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? Let your mind line up with what God's saying. Even though what you are feeling in the natural may be contrary to what God says, don't line up with what you feel and what you see because that's not the life of faith. The life of faith is lining up with what God says regardless of how you are feeling. And that's the only time God will move. That's the only time you will see miracles. I'm telling you the fact, this is just the truth. I'm sure the disciples were not even aware they were using faith because they had seen this thing. It was second nature to them. Because they've seen it so many times. It's no big deal. And if it didn't happen, like when they brought that little boy for them to pray for, they couldn't heal the boy. They, They were amazed. They were asking Jesus, what happened here? We should have been able to do that. Why, we, why couldn't we do this? And Jesus had to take them to a deeper level of understanding. It was second nature to them. They figured they could do it. It's an amazing thing. After Jesus, when you read in the scriptures, for me it was when I got saved. Because I never really went into Acts of the Apostles and all of that much. But it seemed after Jesus left, it was like he was still around. Because the disciples were doing exactly what Jesus did before he left. So what's happened to me? What's happened to us? We have forgotten. He heals all our diseases. He redeems our lives from destruction. So there is a protection over us, protection over our flesh. He redeems our lives from destruction. He crowns our heads with loving kindness and tender mercies. That's all about your soul, your being. 
tender mercies. God taking care of everything that you're doing. And taking care of you as a child. His child. And he does that for all of his children. But then it says he satisfies your mouth with good things. Basically, God wants to satisfy your mouth with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. That's meeting every want in your life. Meeting the want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So you notice, God doesn't only talk about sin. He didn't say, bless, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not, of all, not all of his benefits, and then stop with, who forgives all thine iniquity. That's not where he stops. And that's where most people want to stop there. But God didn't stop there. He went further. There is forgiveness. There is also healing. And then there is God taking care of all everything that concerns your life and making sure your needs are met. Two or three witnesses. There's another witness here. That's the, the death of Christ himself in the sacrifice. And you can read that in Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. It was our transgression. That has to do with sin. He was bruised for our iniquities. Still dealing with sin. The chastisement of our peace. That dealing with your soul. Your well-being. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. That's what it is. That's Bible. That's what God wants. And there is no apology. That's the scriptures here. I will spend my, the rest of my life trying to believe everything there because there's a lot there. I need to know what's in there for me. So there's two, four things. I'm going to start tonight with dealing with the salvation from sin. Salvation from sin. The issue of sin has to do with slavery. It's slavery. That's the core of it. That's the iniquity part of it. It's core of your being. It's slavery. Slavery and control by this nature of sin over your life that you cannot do anything about. Because a slave has no rights, no choice. You do what your master wants, whether you like it or not. If your master wants you to do something 3 a.m. in the morning as a slave, you are going to do it. Or you lose, in some circumstances, you lose your life. You can't tell him, no, it's three o'clock, master. No, you're out. You do it. And Jesus came to deliver us from slavery, just again back to Egypt. That's what it is. The issue of it is, has to do with slavery and freedom from that slavery. Jesus was very clear about this. In John chapter 8, 
from verse 34 through 36, Jesus was talking to the, 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 uh, the Jews, and he told them, if you believe my words, then you're free. They said, we are not, we are not slaves. We don't serve anybody. We are free people. What are you talking about being free? But Jesus wasn't talking about freedom of the flesh, the way they were living. That's, that's Egypt. That's Egypt. This is talking about soul, your spirit being enslaved with the power of sin. And Jesus told them, most assuredly, in other words, I'm telling you the truth. Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin, notice the word commit, practice. Whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. Whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. If it's a part of your life, you are a slave to it. What you need is freedom from it. So you don't have to obey it anymore and don't have to be punished if you don't obey this master called sin. Jesus said if you commit sin, if sin is part of your life, and the whole world was like that before Jesus came, we were all slaves to sin, and the whole world was sinning. He he who commits sin is a slave to sin, and he says, and a slave does not abide in the house forever. A slave does not abide in the house forever. But a son abides forever. I used to wonder, what does this mean? Have you wondered about that? What does this mean? A slave? We're going to be with Jesus in heaven free. Amen? We're going to be with Jesus in heaven Completely free, forever, because we're no slaves. We're no slaves. The slave, that's not going to happen. But Jesus said, therefore, if the Son, if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. So what I need to do is get the Son to make me free, and I will be free indeed. What does this freedom mean? We're going to talk about that. If the Son makes you free, that means now you are no longer, you don't have to obey sin anymore, but you can if you want to. You're free. You can tell, no, it's three o'clock and I'm not obeying you. And don't face any consequence. Before, you pay the price for it. But now, you're free. And Jesus said, you are free in indeed. And he wants us to believe this. Free indeed. This is one of the benefits that is given to us. This is one serious area where God is giving us a whole lot of freedom. And we can choose to believe. And everything is by faith. The stronger you believe the more you, you, you go with this, the freer it will be in your life, according to the scriptures here. So we have this salvation for, from sin. We sing a song here. No longer 
Yeah. No longer a slave. No longer a slave. That's from Scripture. And it's good that we are singing it. And we need to sing it and believe it. I need to believe it. That the symptoms of the past. Okay? But I don't want to believe that anymore. I don't want to believe that anymore. The more I believe that, the more I go towards it. And the only way for my freedom is Jesus made me free and I'm going to stay with him. No matter what's going on, I'm going to stay with him. That's the only way to my freedom. I've got to believe him. If you believe, all things are possible. That's not just getting your physical needs taken care of. He has to do with these three areas I'm talking about. We still have to believe him for these three areas. Because he paid the price for it. You have to believe to be saved. You have to believe to be healed. You have to believe for God to meet your needs. It just don't happen just like that. You have to believe. A lot of people give to the church expecting God, but they just give him without faith. They are not expecting anything back. Because preachers have told them, you don't need to expect. That's no wrong. But God said to expect it back, sow and you reap. That's what he says. And there's no greater motive than to listen to what God said and do what God said. That's called obedience of faith. And God will keep his word. He watches over his word to perform it. No longer a slave. You still have the feelings and symptoms. I mean, especially if you've been a slave for a while, it's hard. It happened in our country, you know, the United States. After the slaves were free, it took them a long time before they realized they were really free. Excuse me? Took them a while. Took them a while. And some of their masters took advantage of that because they know they, you ain't really free. And he said, you're right, master. And they stayed. But those of them that believed it said, master... Bye. I'm going to New York. I'm going to find me a job. Amen? Because they believed it. And the freedom has been given to them. There's nothing the master could do. It's the same principle. It's up to how much we believe that this is. And even if there's a problem, you have to believe God. This is not, this is not who I am. This is not what you've made me. And you cry out to God. And God is able to give you strength. You can commit it to God. You don't have to stay there. You can cry out to God. And say, God, give me understanding of my newfound freedom. Download it into my head. So I can pull it up every time I need it. So I can use it. Amen? He says in uh, uh, Romans chapter 6, from verse 6, he says, knowing this, that is, you need to know this, right? Knowing this, that our old man, that's the old slave, uh, the one that was in Egypt, okay? (laughs) That one died through baptism. You remember after... These things are all there in the scriptures. We have to look at them there in shadow. You see how it is. Remember how the Bible tells us in the New Testament, after they were 
delivered from Egypt, from the power of sin. What did they go through? They, what, they went through the Red Sea. And the Bible tells us in the New Testament, that was their baptism. That was their baptism. They were baptized unto Moses in the Red Sea. It's right there. Freedom, now baptism, now we are on our way to the promised land. But before we get to the promised land, we've got a lot to deal with in the wilderness. Amen? But in the wilderness, you can have manna, you can have everything, you, you can even have quail if you want. But you have to be looking to God to make all the provision. It's amazing when you read in the scriptures, even their clothes. God made sure he took care of them. We, we, we don't really think. Sometimes we just think, well, those people, maybe they were spirits, not real humans. Can you imagine in the wilderness where there's nowhere to wash your clothes? <laughs> and God took care of all of that. Their shoes. For 40 years, who was a shoemaker in the place? Where would they get the leather or all of that stuff? But God took care of them. And we are serving the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The same God. The same God. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified. Notice the word used, was. Was crucified. No longer is he alive. Our old man was crucified with him. That's Jesus. That the body of sin might be done away with. It was God's mind to do away with the body of sin. And if you read in Romans chapter 8, it says, What the law could not do, in that it was weak through the, through the flesh... God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, he destroyed sin in the flesh. It's not like you died, but it destroyed the power of that master in your flesh. That's what he's talking about here. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. I have to know that. That our old man is crucified with him. The, the body of sin... That's no longer who I am. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. That's according to the scriptures. All, things, all of those things are passed away. God says they don't exist anymore. That's not who you are anymore. You are a new person. You have to believe that. You are completely new according to the scriptures. If you argue with the scripture, uh, Pharaoh will take advantage of you. We've got to believe what God says. Let God be true and every man a liar. Change your mind. This is what God says. Change the, that old pattern of thinking. That's why the Bible says that this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night so that you will be able to do everything that is written in the book. And that's the way you will have good success. That's the way you make your way prosperous. By sticking with what God says against what your body is saying and what's happening to you. You decide, no, I'm going to stay with what God says rather. And by and by, God will bring that deliverance, whatever it is that you're looking for. Knowing this, your old man has been crucified. That's the gospel. 
That's what they wanted them to go out and preach. Let the people know, your old man is dead. You are no longer the same person. But until you believe, you still feel old. <laughs> That's not a good word to say. <laughs> you still feel like you are the old man. But when you start believing, you start acting differently. It's like a man who uh, he had been left, uh, somebody left an inheritance for him for a million dollars. And he's a strict guy. He doesn't know. He has a million dollars in the bank. You know how he will behave? Like a strict man. Right? I wonder what I can find to eat today. He has a million dollars in the bank. The only thing is he doesn't know it. Can you imagine if he sees the lawyer that everything was, he said, I've been looking for you, sir. You are calling me, sir, and you are well dressed with your tie and all of that. I've been looking for you, sir. Say, am I in trouble? <laughs> no, you're not. I've been looking for you, sir. How are you, sir? He said, what's going on here? You have a, a $2 million in the bank. Really? Uh, don't lie to me now. <laughs> okay? $2 million. As he's hearing those words, guess what he's thinking? <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> And if the lawyer says, look, this is my firm, this is my number, please call me, the money is in the bank, Here is, there's the proof here, uh, after he's gone, guess what he tells is, uh, he, this guy calls him, John, who are you calling John? I'm going to come here back, I'm going to take care of all of you. Now, before, he was a street guy, right? What changed? He got new information. Now his attitude is changed. That's how we have to believe God's word. For a change in attitude. And that's the only way, only way that God has provided for us. Knowing this, we have to know it. That our old man is crucified with him. That the body of sin may be done away with. And that we should no longer be what? Slaves to sin. We were, but we're no longer slaves to sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. That's the scripture. Are you going to be tempted to do wrong? Yeah. Are you going to do wrong? Yeah. Does it mean you are not free? You're free to do whatever you want. You're not a slave anymore. You don't have to. It's the same way with sickness. Satan is going to tempt you. The same way. You can choose to accept it. You can choose, no, this is what God did for me, and I'm not going to accept it. Yeah, the doctor says it, but he's talking about somebody else. That man is dead. This is the new me, and I'm not receiving that. And will God confirm that? Yes, his word will confirm it. I'm not dying till I'm ready to go. That's the way it is. I don't have to even dream about it because God said, with long life, I will satisfy you. So until I'm satisfied with life, now I'm walking like this. Then I said, it's time for exit. Okay, it's time to go. Then I leave. But aside from that, God, he watches over his word. Whether I'm in the plane 
or I'm walking. These days, you know, you're thinking, what if, if I was in the airport and there's a suicide bumble? He will wait until I'm out of that airport first. Because I'm not ready to go yet. I still have work to do. And God honors his word. It's not about me. It's about him honoring what he says. My only responsibility is to accept what he has said. Regardless of what everybody else is saying. These days we are so concerned about what everybody is thinking. I realize I don't have to be concerned about what you think. That's you. I know who I am. I want to follow what the scripture says. I don't have to do what you want me to do. I do what I believe God's telling me to do. That's what I do. That's just the way it's going to be. That's just the way it's going to be. I, um, we stay with the scriptures. And let God be true. And every man a liar. The way I see it is this. If I'm speaking something and God's confirming it, that's it. That's all I'm concerned about. That's the main thing for me. If, if you, like Paul said, I believe in 1 Corinthians, he says, if, if my lie is causing things to happen, why am I found a sinner? I'm speaking the word of God. God's getting glory out of the lies that you claim I'm saying, speaking. So that's the way it's going to be. We have to stay with God's word, trust God's word. At three service, right? There is no way I can go through everything I have here. <laughs> uh, but I want to go from there. But I'm not through with this whole aspect of sin because we now you have freedom from sin. So what do you do with your freedom? What do you do with your freedom? Uh, that's what Christians have. So we have in the church all kinds of things can be going on. But we're free. What do you do with your freedom? How do you maintain that freedom through the word? So we want to talk about that. And then I want to go into um, the aspect of healing. I was telling Pastor Andy, I know people think I talk about healing. or um, you know, I go, when I'm speaking, I might allude to it. But I've never really taught on healing. I have by a lot of information that God's given to me in that area. I have never really, for a long time, going through lessons step by step on healing in our church. I do that when we have a healing service, but what I'm doing is try to get people to believe so we can pray for them. But there are a lot of scriptures. There are a lot of questions to be answered. Many of you have heard about Paul's thorn in the flesh. There's controversy about that. I'd like to teach a whole, maybe two, two services on that. Until your eyes are open, you believe that Paul was sick. But the scripture doesn't say that. Until you really search the scriptures carefully, Paul was never sick. Most sick preachers stay home on Sunday morning. And they let their assistant preach for them. Paul was sick and he was going from country to country preaching. Do you understand what you're talking about? Most sick preachers don't go to church. They stay home or they're in the hospital. He wasn't sick. So you can search the scriptures and find out what was going on there. Because that's what the enemy tells us. He says, who do you think you are? Paul was sick. And so, who am I? So if Paul was sick, I will accept. <laughs> I am Paul. And some of them will even tell you, I'm, 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 this is my thorn in the flesh. 
So Jesus died for you to have thorn in the flesh. Because by his stripes you were healed. And then God turns around and puts the same thing on you. It doesn't make sense. Uh, uh, Pastor, uh, God is teaching me a lesson through this sin in my life. And I want to be uh, patient in this sin. And when I learn my lesson, God will take this sin away from me. If you preach that way, uh, one Sunday, nobody comes back the next Sunday, right? Because you're telling them, stay, be patient in your sin. Until God sees fit to deliver you from sin. Now that's wrong teaching. Why? Because Jesus was crucified for our sin. But he wounded for our transgression. But it also say, he also says, by his stripes, you were healed. And the major thing is, oh, I need to stop. The main thing is, if you really believe, that, if you truly believe that God has set you free from sickness, why are you still behaving sick? Your actions show you believe in sickness, right? And that's all you talk about. So it's called obedience of faith, right? Your attitude and what you say and the way you carry yourself, he's showing you believe in the sickness as opposed to what God said. Hannah, Samuel's mom, remember her? This backsliding priest said to her, uh, God of Israel, grant you your request, right? But he was a backsliding priest, right? Eli. And before she wouldn't eat, she wouldn't smile, she cried. And she went and said, our countenance changed. Nothing has happened. But her countenance changed. She wanted food. She was happy. Just by faith. And guess what happened? God gave it to her. You know why God has that in the scriptures for us? They are, exam- they are examples for us to know this is the way God works. If God is, you've been prayed for and you still carry that mentality that you are not going to have a baby, guess what? You won't have one. You won't. So I have to change. I have to renew my mind. That's what this is all about. And it covers every area of life, no matter what. Stand up with me. I'm through, oh my gosh, please forgive me. <laughs> forgive me. <laughs> I went overboard. We need to trust God for what God is saying in His Word and believe Him because these things are there. We as Christians, though we are spiritual, we don't live in the clouds. We're still human. So we have to take the Scriptures and try walking that Scripture into our lives so those around us will see what God is doing in us. They see the struggle. And they see how God delivered you from it. Because you trusted him. And when they see that, they know you know God. And then they start asking questions. And then you introduce them to the God who is at work in their lives. And he's been looking for them all along. Through you now, they come to him. 
and then they are loved and they can go out and demonstrate that love of God please lift your hands up to the Lord tonight and thank him especially for what you've heard tonight because I believe it's from the Lord and I pray that God will give you grace not just to hear some words be a forgetful hearer but take it this is the truth I spoke from the scriptures not just my opinions, but what you can see in the scriptures study it further and begin to accept that this is what God is we are born from above born again born from above and he who is from above is above all that's what God has said God says he will always be with you he will not allow any evil to come near your dwelling that's what he says and he meant what he said we need to believe him he pleases him when we trust him especially when it goes against what's happening to us I'm suffering, I'm struggling, but I still trust God. He pleases him. I don't know. You, he knows you're struggling, but he knows what you want. And he's going to bring you through it. That's the God that we serve. Father, we thank you tonight. I thank you for your children. Your word says that you shall know the truth. And the truth will make us free. Lord, we believe this is the truth. And we can be free, God truly free truly free because your word is established in heaven forever and we just need to align up with that word that's been established that's governing our lives right now thank you because we are your servants we are no longer slaves to the enemy we are slaves to God we are slaves of righteousness thank you father we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. I won't